Another edition of the Boilers Extra podcast uh, coming your way following Tuesday night's loss by the Purdue basketball team. They dropped a 58-54 decision to Miami in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. And if you remember last year, they lost um, a game at Marquette where they led by 18 in the first half and they lost by 10. So this was very similar to how it unfolded. The difference between tonight, Tuesday, and last year is that you, Purdue has more uh, veteran guys on this team, even though they don't have any seniors. They got more veteran guys, uh, guys that played last year, learned, gained experience, and the same thing happened. Uh, and that... Um, that is disappointing because you would not expect you would expect a team of this caliber and the talent level on this team not to let that happen again uh, because a lot of the players that played Tuesday played in that game and probably should have learned uh, learned a lesson and now they ha- they'll have to learn another lesson just through a loss uh, which in a shortened season in a season that you only have seven non-conference games, um, you really can't afford many lessons before time runs out. And that's what happened to last year's team. Time kind of ran out. COVID got halted everything, but time kind of ran out because um, they were they were on the bubble of the tournament, but they kept losing games, um, important games. And now um, they're getting ready for a really, really difficult stretch coming up. Now, they should be able to handle Indiana State on Saturday. Uh, But beyond that, then you're looking at opening the Big Ten against Ohio State. And then you're playing Notre Dame. And then you're playing Iowa. And then you're playing Maryland on Christmas Day. Then you're playing Rutgers. Um, And then you're playing Illinois. And then you're jumping back into the Big Ten season, deep end, throughout the rest of the year. And Purdue right now is 0-2 against Power 5 teams, 3-0 against everybody else. Um, and not that you – know, the thing but it is the two losses against Power 5 teams are, are teams that would be in the lower part of the Big Ten right now. So Purdue – did not handle either Clemson or Miami very well. And Miami was playing without one of its best players, if not its best players, uh, Chris Likes, at point guard. Um, so that made Tuesday's loss kind of worse because you had a 20-point lead. You were in control. You were doing everything that you needed to do. You just had to maintain it. And Purdue lost its edge, it's lost its fight, and it lost the game. Uh, it couldn't get anything back going offensively, and this was a choppy game anyway offensively, I thought. Although I thought Purdue's bigs dominated uh, early in the first half, and Purdue had its way inside with Travion Williams and uh, Zach Eady. Uh, but the second half was a different story. Foul trouble hurt both of those guys, uh, and you could never really – get a rhythm going with either one because they can't, you know, you had to keep protecting them from foul situations. Um, and then eventually both of them fouled out 
um, and, and Purdue got away from uh, its success it had in the first half, and, and, and it couldn't hit a three-pointer again. It was 4-25. Um, they were, what, 6-23 against Valpo. So they are in a mini three-point shooting slump, which it comes and goes. You, you don't. You know, we saw that last year when they would blitz somebody at home but couldn't hit a three-pointer uh, on the road. Uh, but they needed they needed some threes to go down from people that shot threes. No one made more than one. You know, Hunter and Mason Gillis and Stefanovic and Newman each made one, and that was and that was it. But you know, Miami was worse. They were one of seventeen and missed their first fifteen. And Purdue's defensive plan was working. Uh, because they didn't feel like Miami could really shoot the ball well from three. And, you know, they're one of 17. But they go 15 to 25 in the second half for 60%. They got on a they got on a run to start the second half, I think 11 straight points. And they got back into the game after trailing by 18. But then Purdue came right back and pushed the lead back up. And you felt like as you were going through the second half, that Purdue had control of the game, and but things just kind of went south from a from an offensive standpoint. And they they've got a there's too much there's just too much um, good offensive talent on this team. I think to have those kind of lulls that we've seen against Clemson, and part of that was turnovers. Uh, part of that was not having Eric Hunter, who they had tonight in his first game since uh, injuring his knee back in November during a scrimmage. But, I, you know, I thought he looked good. He, he moved well. He played well. Uh, but there's just too much individual talent on this team right now. And I, I know we're five games in, and it's it's a different year. But there's just too much. They have the lulls that they have offensively. Um, they had them against Valparaiso, but they were able to, to get out of it. Um and they had him against Clemson, and that was a result of the turnovers. But I don't know. They just, you know, if this is an indication how the Big Ten season's going to go, and it could get really rough in the beginning based on who they're playing before the end of the year. I mean, this this could be a really long Big Ten season for Purdue if it doesn't straighten itself out and, you know, figure out some things offensively, but also figure out some things defensively. I mean, there's just... Trayvon Williams can't be 4 of 10. He was 4 of 6 in the first half, but he can't be 4 of 10 um, for the game. But again, foul trouble limits him to 23 minutes. Zach Eadie's 5 of 5. 5 of 5 is great, but he's only playing 14 minutes because he has foul trouble. And he has four. He, has, he committed four turnovers, so he becomes a liability at that point. You know, Eadie's, you know, five games in, um, he, he's He's going to continue to improve, and he's going to get better. But his minutes need to increase. But for his minutes to increase, he needs to, to limit the, the turnovers. Him and Williams are um, – they lead the team in turnovers. Uh, so those need to get cut down. And, and Travion just is, needs to be more efficient around the basket. He does not – for a big guy, he just does not go up strong. And, and it's hurting him. It's hurting the team. I mean, he needs to be a 60 to 65% field goal shooter around the basket. And, um, you know, I think Painter is a bit growing tired of 
you know, some of the the stuff that he throws up there with some baby hooks and stuff like that, just go up strong, go up strong, draw the foul. He didn't even shoot a free throw tonight. So he took 10 shots and didn't even shoot a free throw. Um, he has to get to the free throw line. Now, he's not been shooting well at the free throw line, but he still needs to get to the free throw line, and that's another issue with Purdue. They're getting out free throw attempted by almost every team they play. The exception was Valparaiso, where there were a million fouls called, and Purdue ended up you know, shooting more free throws than Valparaiso. But tonight it's 29-10 to 10 because Purdue's fouling. They have three guys foul out, Edie, Williams, and Brandon Newman. Uh, so they're sending uh, Miami to the line tonight, 29 times total, 21 in the second half. And this wasn't like Purdue was fouling a lot in the last minute to get them up to that number. This game, you know, this game was still a one-possession game most of the way until till the very, very end. And Purdue ha- did have to foul a few times, but not to the point where they were you know, uh, Miami got 10 extra free throws out of it. They got their free throws throughout the course of the game because Purdue was sloppy defensively. And on a night when you only, you only can get 54 points, you've got to, you've got to get some of those from the free throw line when you're shooting, uh, 21 to 60, uh, for, for Purdue 35%, you know, they, they, they have to, they have to do better and they can do better. And there'll be games they will do better, but as you know, basketball, it's, it's a long season. It's about consistency. It's about putting performances back to back to back. Uh, and Purdue's young. They, they, have some, they, they have guys that are playing that are young, that this is their first time. Um, and, you know, they don't have the full roster yet. Jaden Ivey, who knows how long he'll be out. Um, but he hasn't practiced yet, so he's not going to play. I would doubt he would play on Saturday against Indiana State maybe they can get him ready for Ohio State you know it's still still kind of unclear he does some pregame work uh, trying to to get his foot in a position where he can practice uh, and then play but you know this is a this is a tough loss for Purdue because they had it won they had it there and and now they have to respond and bounce back and you know I'm pretty confident they will Saturday but it's beyond that now. You're getting in the final two and a half weeks of December, and by the time you hit January first, second, or third, I think after the Illinois game on January second, you're going to have a clear idea of what this team is going to be about in the Big Ten season, assuming that we get through the full Big Ten season with COVID and everything. And you, you got to keep all that in mind a little bit. That you know, there's a lot of a lot of things juggled in the air in trying to play these games and. Um, but you know, they're, they're pushing through and they're going to, they're going to do everything they can, but you know, Iowa and Illinois are really good in the big, like really, really good in the big 10 and Wisconsin, although they lost to Marquette, uh, they are really good. There's a lot of really good teams in the big 10 and right now Purdue's not one of them and Purdue's not at that level. They're not a championship type team right now. And I, I don't think they will be this year, but, um, I think as uh, we've talked about before, or at least I've talked about, nobody else is talking with me here. But uh, I think, uh, you know, this is about not as much about this year. It is about this year, but it's also about putting Purdue, putting this team and program in a position over the next couple years, two to three years, based on the players that are coming in and the players that are coming back to really 
take a big step, but you can't blow 20 point leads. That's not helpful. Just like last year, can't blow an 18 point lead at Marquette. Not helpful. Can't have 32 turnovers against Florida State, which they did last year. Can't have 22 turnovers against Clemson, which they did, you know, last year. They had 14 tonight. That's that's still too many. They've got to get under. They've got to get under 10. You know, they just have to get under 10. They have to figure out a way to get under 10. Um, and some of those are are turnovers based. You know, Edie's offensive fouls or, or you know, he. You know whether it's positioning, he get, he's going to get called for fouls. It's like the Isaac Hoss situation. He's going to get called for fouls because he's big, and when guys fall over or guys do something or he makes a little bit of contact, he's going to get called for a foul. He just is. But they they've got to him and Williams have to play through it, and they have to adjust to the officials, and and they need to be on the floor a, a long time uh, for probably for this team uh, to be. Uh, successful, but uh, basketball back in action on Saturday. A few notes about football, as you know. I assume you know already. Uh, Purdue canceled football practice on Tuesday due to uh, COVID nineteen uh, results uh, within the program. Um, they are supposed they were uh, the players were scheduled to get tested again Tuesday afternoon, and then based on those results, would dictate what would happen on Wednesday. Um, uh, I would share with you that there are uh, probably uh, some some issues right now based on what I've heard uh, within the program that potentially cause Saturday's game to, to get canceled. Um, yeah, I think there uh, there's one position that has been hit harder than others based just based on what I've heard uh, on, on Tuesday, and that could lead to you know, no game. Now I would say that it's a position though, that you can make some adjustments and put some people there to help. Uh, but, uh, you would be, it wouldn't be completely fish out of water types things, but it'd be something where a player or two had, had, has not practiced there. And then you have to, you bring in other, other issues from a health and safety standpoint, as far as playing the game. And stuff like that. And as you know, Indiana, or if you didn't know, Indiana paused activities on Tuesday. Um, for how long, we don't know. Uh, so I, I would assume by Wednesday, some point, we'll know for sure whether Saturday's old Oakham Bucket game will, will be played um, coming up this week. Now, it, the, other, the other part of this whole thing is what will the Big Ten do for Ohio State? Uh, because Ohio State's game at Michigan has already been canceled. That brings Ohio State under the threshold of six games required to qualify for the Big Ten uh, championship game. Uh, you know, I, I've gone back and forth. Should they change the rules for Ohio State? Uh, would they change the rules for anybody? You know, you know, I know it's Ohio State, and, you know, people think, well, they're bending over backwards for Ohio State. Now, they they are trying to get, a Big Ten team in the college football playoff because there are there, there's money there's money involved and there's exposure involved and there's a lot of things involved and this is kind of a weird year as you know and um, again I've gone back and forth I don't you know part of me thinks I, I don't think they should change the rules the other part of it's like yeah maybe you should and I this is not this is not anything against Indiana um, and Indiana would be the next team up 
because as of as of right now, as I'm talking, Indiana would be scheduled to play Northwestern in the Big Ten championship game. But here's the deal about Indiana. They had their chance to play Ohio State, and they lost. They they came back. They were down big. They came back. They had a chance to win, and they didn't do it. So I, I have a little bit of an issue of rewarding them um, because they lost to Ohio State, and Ohio State has lost three games due to COVID. I think only one of them is actually their fault, or not fault, but one of them they had to cancel because of a COVID outbreak. The other two were based on the other team. So there were some, thing, there, there some things out of their control with this thing, and they couldn't. Um, so the other team is canceled. Like Michigan, the problem with the Ohio State Michigan is Michigan has rising COVID cases. So they can't play. That's not Ohio State's fault. Now, do things move around enough where um, another game gets canceled and Ohio State can play somebody else? You know, I, I don't know. It's a lot of it's just a lot of moving parts just to try to get them to a six game. I think eventually the ads and the Big Ten will change the rules and give Ohio State uh, an opportunity to get in the Big Ten title game and therefore play um probably get picked for the uh the the college football playoff the excuse me the uh they i mean ohio state is one of the best i i think ohio state is one of the best four teams in the country i don't you know just because i cover this sport doesn't mean i watch every game because you're actually at one game but based on what i've seen I, i think ohio state's one of the top four teams now, some different scenarios come into play depending what happens when Notre Dame plays Clemson and some other things. But, I, you know, I think it's pretty clear the top, who the top four teams are. Um, and Ohio State, whether they're 5-0, and whether they're 6-0, and whether they're 7-0, and they are one of the top four teams, and they should be in the college football playoff if that's what we're basing it on. But I will be interested to see what the Big Ten actually does out of this. It's a, you know, it's really, um, you know, it's a one-year deal. I mean, I, I really think that unless somehow the the vaccine that's on its way doesn't work, that I, I, I do think by the time we get to next late summer that uh, we'll be not, not back to normal, but in a position where you, you can have a full football season um, and things kind of get back to a little bit to the way they were. We may have to go through another cycle before they're actually normal, normal uh, type of thing. But this is a one-year deal, and I, I would probably lean today of say make the change, make Ohio State eligible. Um, you know, I know people throw out the ideas of, well, Ohio State should play Indiana this week, and the winner goes. Well, you know, as I said, Indiana had its chance; it didn't win. And football, you usually get one shot. This is not baseball. This is not basketball where you can play the best out of three, five, or seven. This is football. You usually get one shot to 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 make to do your deal. And Indiana didn't didn't beat Ohio State. Ohio State won, and they they should win the East in in part because some of the stuff that's happened is not related to them. It's related to to other teams. Uh, so. That's something to, to kind of follow on Wednesday. I would assume we'd, we'd also learn 
uh, about Saturday's Purdue game. Uh, then you're getting into the crossover situation where the Big Ten has yet to at least announce. I know it's obviously been discussed, but to announce what's going to happen that next week, as I've said before, just and I and I think they are. I think based on what I've heard the last few days, they're they're going to scrap the idea of trying to go play in domes, either in Minnesota or Detroit or St. Louis or someplace like that. Just you're just throwing you're just throwing away money at that point because you can't recoup any of it. Go play on campus sites if you're dead set on uh, seeing Penn State play um, Illinois again or Penn State play Nebraska again or whatever Purdue plays whoever. And you know, and with Purdue's case, if they do have positive tests coming out of, out of this, which they they probably do then you're losing even more players than what, you ha- what you've lost right now because we know that George Karloftis is out at least till next week because he tested positive in late November. And then Jalen Graham, although Jeff Brom didn't come out and say, he said enough that Jalen Graham, the outside linebacker, is, um, is probably done for the year if, if you're sticking with the 21-day um, out standard, which the Big Ten has set. And said, and they they they've said nothing to the contrary. So if you have more starters from Purdue that are out and more people that can't play, then what are what is Purdue's chances of actually playing in the crossover game? I think we know Michigan season is probably over. I would be surprised if they could muster up enough. Uh, and have enough time to get ready to play another game in a in a in a week, another you know in a, in, a, in ten days. I think I think that would be hard. Um, I think that would be hard to do. So you're going to have some teams that are are, are just going to that can't play, and you, I think you'll have maybe a team or two that that says you know we're done. You know we're you know Maryland's only played four games. Do they need to play a fifth? Do they want to play a fifth? You know, I think some teams have probably um, checked out a little bit from from a mental standpoint. Uh, it's been a long, tough year where you've had to test every day. You've had to to worry about who you're around, who's wearing a mask, and all that. It's probably taken a little bit of toll on players and and coaches where they just you know they want this to be over. I mean, the Big Ten tried. The Big Ten should have never been in this position. They should have stuck with their schedule from the very beginning, started Labor Day, marched all the way through. They'd be done by now. But for whatever reason, they really screwed this up to put a lot of their teams in bad situations. And now you're in a situation now where you have to change rules to get Ohio State eligible for their for their own conference title. Then then you hope that they win that game and then they get to the to the college football playoffs. But if the Big Ten would have started on Labor Day, played a 10-game schedule, you build in a couple off weeks to reschedule games, you know, they wouldn't be in this position. They'd, they'd be waiting around right now for Ohio State probably to, to get a bid to the the college football playoff. But it didn't happen. Uh, they've worked their way through it. Uh, so still a lot more news to come out the rest of the week uh, as far as what's going to ha- what kind of games are going to be played. Um, but... Uh, I think the point I was trying to make, I, no idea if Purdue was, would be would have enough players, or they would feel comfortable playing uh, in a crossover game if they have to cancel this week. Um, 
because if they cancel this week, they're probably going to pause activities. They didn't practice Tuesday. If they have to cancel Saturday's game, they're probably not going to practice Wednesday. So the earliest they would probably get back on the practice field would likely be Sunday or Monday. Um, so, uh, I, you know, I think Purdue's crossover situation probably is in a little bit jeopardy. Um, but, you know, we'll wait and see what happens, uh, what transpires. I think Wednesday will be probably a telling day for, for a lot of teams in the Big Ten, including Purdue and Indiana, and we'll kind of see where that, that lands. Uh, of course, you can follow jconline.com. Uh, we'll have the latest information, and you can follow on Twitter at Carmen uh, underscore JC uh, to get the, uh, the, quick, the quick hits, the quick stuff, um, and then kind of go from there. But once again, Purdue basketball on the short end tonight, 58-54, blew a 20-point lead. Um, and they've got to they've got to straighten themselves out. They'll do that Saturday, but then, you know, then the then the I think the defining stretch of their season, how this is going to play out, starts next week uh, against Ohio State in the in the Big Ten opener. Thanks for stopping by. Appreciate it, and uh, you have a good day.